And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. It is 8.04am. It is not sunny outside. It is cloudy and windy and rainy and gross and whatever it's called. But hey, we're, 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 we're just trucking on with the show. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and we are going to have another quiz. Right, so our next one is this. In which book of the Bible do we read, Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Mm, okay, so which book of the Bible does that come from? If you know the answer to that one, 0491 is the number to call or text. And if you do know that answer, well, then you will go into the draw to win our Revive Cafe cookbook, number eight. Again, that number, 0491 And again, do you want to read that quote for us one more time? Sure. In which book of the Bible do we read, Come now and let us reason together. Mm. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's incredible. Um, Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Mm. White wool, I'm assuming. (laughs) Not not the dirty wool. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful, clear, perfect, pure wool. Hey, we've got a few text messages here. Firstly, from Wayne. Wayne writes in, as I'm scrolling on my iPad. Um, I love listening to hymns um, in front of the fire in my lounge room. Now, we were talking about ways that you just, like, relax and you just simmer things down and, and bring everything down. And the weight is, it's sexy, you know, like, dude, sitting in front of the fire. Oh, it's like, is that an experience of just being, like, heated by something, whether it's sitting in front of the fire or, or, or being in the shower, whatever it may be. It's just, it's just the most calming, soothing experience. It is, but the shower and the fire are a bit good. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Two right. very different ones, so it depends which one you want. Two extremes, but, um, but, they, yeah. but they do the same thing. One of my favorite things, and I might be calling myself out here, and you might hear this and think, that's gross. No way. But I, I've already divulged lots of information about myself um, on this show, but uh, <laughs> maybe you could interpret it as embarrassing. I'm nervous. I'm yeah. nervous. <laughs> now, I love sitting in the shower. So I, I go into the shower, you know, and I sit down on the floor. True, but the tiles are freezing. No, but the, the <laughs> water heats them up, you know. The water heats them up, and I just love sitting there, and I curl up into a little ball. You don't have a bath, obviously. No, 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 no. <laughs> Like, I, 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 I get... I, Get the bath thing. I've had baths before. I think they're relaxing, but the feeling of like, well, sitting in the shower, you get the best of both worlds because you've got the water running on you, which is just so just soothing. And then simultaneously, you're like sitting down and it's, it's just the best. It's, it is, it is the, just the most blissful feeling That's ever. That's a real Lawson thing. It, exactly. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many adults would be doing that. I th- actually, I think it's a it's, guy thing. I oh, think, because I know okay. a bunch of guys, there's a bunch of us who are super into it. We're about it. Probably others do it as well. What do you think, Producer Shell? I feel like these are all from people who don't pay water bills, but. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, 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 well you can do it. You can do it in short form as well. Or in but, a place where somebody else paid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where that's somebody right. else is paying their bills. You know, get a night at a hotel and just, you know, sit in the shower for two hours. I like that. Um, Sky said here, now we know why we have water restrictions. I agree. Wow. Okay. Come on, guys. Come on. 
Thanks. Um, we got also Sky writes in. She says it's great with heavy chance of rain at the moment. Definitely not nice weather today. I'm at my son's school for an excursion. My eyes are still adjusting to the elements. Absolutely. And uh, we've got another text message here. It says it's interesting that with all that is happening in India, Modi is touring. Uh, and Australia, he's touring Australia and the US and they're singing his praises. Absolutely, yeah. There have been scenes both in Australia and the US, you know, singing the Indian national anthem and, and you know, just again, you know, I, and I, and my question is why? My, my big question is why? Because I, I look at India and, you know, this isn't about, you know, I love Indian people and whatnot, but in terms of their political situation and the state of their country, I look to India and I, don't see much good or positive. They have an inc- increasingly, a rapidly expanding population without the infrastructure to to support it, and then widespread violence, which you've been mm. talking about today. Mm. And it's like, man, the situation in India is so dire, yet it seems like these leaders from the West are just really sucking up to him. So it's like, man, what's... Uh, what's going on? What's, <laughs> what's, what's, what's taking place here, hey? What's, what's, what's happening? Hey, if you've got any thoughts, 0491 064 is the number to call or text and, and and let us know. Let us know what you do to relax, to simmer down a little bit. Let us know what you you know are thinking about the, the situation, the state of the world at the moment. Now, we are going to continue on with our Bible study. We, we've got Ephesians as our theme for the next 13 weeks, and we're almost at the book of Ephesians. We're almost in the book of Ephesians. We're, we're leading up to it. We've been just surveying and seeing Paul's different experiences with the book of Ephesus in a narrative sense. You know, he's been traveling around Asia and Europe, and we saw in Acts chapter 18, his initial brief visit to Ephesus. We then see what we looked at Yesterday, the, we saw the riot and the ministry in Ephesus. Now, that uh, ministry actually continued on for about three years. Um, the riot being, you know, the kind of concluding factor of his, or the, the concluding circumstances, situations of his, uh, of his time ministering in Ephesus. It kind of brings an end to the time there. And then finally, what we're going to have a look at today is Paul's last address to the Ephesian elders, we can see really through the story that we're about to read that despite Paul being this gung-ho missionary that is traveling all over the world, he did really have a church family at the end of the day. And he, I think he found his church family, his closest, you know, his his real, his people in church within Ephesus, within the elders of Ephesus. And it would be those people who would invite them over to um, Miletus to talk to them for the final time before his eventual trip to Jerusalem and his sentencing and then heading to Rome. Now, we're going to read his words in Acts chapter 20 and see just just the, the conversation that he has with them and the briefing that he gives to these people in regards to what he is going to go through, but also leaving them with some parting wisdom and some parting words. Now, we know in terms of a timeline that it would be after this point, in the next couple of years, once Paul is incarcerated, that he would write the book of Ephesians to really Mm. hammer these ideas home. But I think what Paul is trying to communicate to the Ephesians, what he is trying to leave with them through the book of Ephesians, we can see a prototype version of that here in Acts chapter 20. So let's pick it up in verse 17. And would you be able to read for us, Danuta, just starting in, in verse 17 and yeah. just, just start reading through. So from verse 17, from Miletus, he, he, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. 
And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Can I just take a pause there? It's it's really interesting how Paul is, what I love with Paul is he's really raw, isn't he? He's really real about everything about himself and what he goes through. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't, um, he wasn't short of having the tears and trials. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Not not at all. And of course, as we know, and and he gets imprisoned too. Mm. Um, and in fact, that's where it's you know it's believed he wrote the letters for Ephesus. And Colossians is actually a similar letter to mm. to to Ephesians as well. There's a lot of similarities. But you know, he serves in humility, but he has a lot of tears and trials that happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. In verse mm. twenty, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Verse 21, testifying to Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith for, um, forward out, uh, t- sorry, toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll stop there. Mm. So we, we have this, this initial paragraph, these initial sentences here, and we see Paul describing, giving credit to his ministry mm. through his actions and that leading to he's like oh, okay you've seen how i've worked mm. and the outcome of that work is to bring you guys the gospel the gospel testifying to the jews testifying to the people of ephesus you know how it is that jesus has lived he's died he's resurrected he's afforded salvation to all of us but i love this point how he says serving the lord with all humility now mm. religious service at this time in history was marked with not humility, or maybe the opposite of humility. Whether you were a Pharisee, whether you were a you know a member of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, whether you were a priest of the Temple of Artemis, which we read about you know yesterday, we read about the you know Diana of the Ephesians and and uh, this this push by the Ephesians, you know, to to get the 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 Christians out of Ephesus because of the way that they are you know removing their ability to make money and yeah we just see that despite this Paul is serving in humility you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491064669 but yeah, essentially, religious service at this time, whether you know Judaism or pagan or whatever it may be, came with a lot of pomp and a lot of procession, a lot a of a lot of pomp, notoriety. You know, if you were a priest in this area, you know, it's it's uh, it, it was a position of esteem. Yet Paul, he's like, I have been in service to God, and what testifies mm-hmm. to that is the trials, the struggles, the tribulations that have followed me, because I have been here preaching the truth to a world that doesn't know it. And, you know, despite all the conversions, mm. it has brought lots of difficulties, lots of issues, yet I've continued. And I love that. He says, and, you know, I have been serving with all humility. Right. Um, and you, you guys can see it. And, and, it, the, and sorry. And the, the beautiful thing is mm. there that, that really with humility, he, he grasped. And I think we, it's for us to grasp to each time that we have trials, mm. um, um, and we have those tears is that it actually gives us a glimpse of Jesus. On the cross, yeah, absolutely. And what he went through, the suffering before, during, um, and you know, and his death on the cross. And so, you know, for Paul, he really grasped that. That's mm. where his humility came from. Yeah, it, and it served as a credential for him as Big to time. whether he was doing the right service of Christ. He's like, mm. you can see that I have been serving in holy humility, and I have been bringing the gospel because of these trials. I've been suffering as Christ suffered. Hey, let's continue on. Let's pick it up in verse 22. 
And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. I love that. So mm. that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. And there it is. That mm. ties in with that beautiful humility that, that his ministry has been received from, from, from Jesus. You know, mm. we think of the Damascus Road when he was, um, uh, blinded and where, where mm. God spoke to him directly. It's like, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute yeah. me? And there's some incredible conversion. And the, it's, it's that, that deep conversion that, that allows us to bring humility into how we minister to other people, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it would be at that point where God would actually communicate with Ananias, uh, yes. the person who baptized Paul and say, I, I'm going to show him how many things he will suffer, mm. uh, you know, about Paul. And, and Paul here, again, he, I, I can imagine, right? You are in this, you're his church family. You know, you are one of these elders from Ephesus. You've been ministering, ministering with Paul for years. You love him. He's a close and dear friend. And we see that as evidence as we get later in the passage and we see that, you know, when he's leaving for Jerusalem, they're all in tears. They're mm. all crying. And Absolutely. They're, they're, you know, in a way very much affected and upset by Paul's going to Jerusalem. But he says here, you can imagine, right? Paul is like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. For all of these guys, they know what kind of a situation is going mm-hmm. to happen there. They know that this is just about a death sentence mm-hmm. for Paul to go to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But Paul, again, he's he's reflecting on the previous, you know, verses on the previous paragraph where he said, you know, my the proof, my credential that I am truly serving Jesus has been the fact that I have suffered trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Now I'm called to Jerusalem to suffer more. Mm-hmm. Like this is that's just... It. It's just part of the journey That's of, right. Of He's like, I don't count my life dear to me. I am running this race. This has been my calling from God to go through this suffering. Hey, I want to spend this time with you guys because I love you and I care for you. And you guys bring me much comfort because you're my church family. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And it's what has to be done mm-hmm. because this is what I'm being called to by God. And, and despite you potentially thinking that maybe this isn't the best move if I was someone who cared about my life, well, the reality is, is that I don't, <laughs> and mm. I'm I'm following Jesus here. This this is what He has called me to do. So, mm. and it's all part of. And in that verse, it says about testif- it's tes- testifying the grace of the of, of God, isn't mm. it? You know, that's right. He's like, yep, this is this is my calling. Like, this is what oh. I'm supposed to do. And whether it brings trials and tribulations, <laughs> this is where I'm going. That's it. Hey, let's that's pick it. it up in verse 25. And indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I love it. The mm. whole counsel. It's not just parts and bits and pieces. Mm. It's like he never shied away from anything, did he really? Wow. Well, I, I want to actually reflect on this for just a moment. This yeah. this is a really key verse. Because, again, Paul proving his credentials as a true follower and a true disciple of God, we've just seen how much persecution he's suffered as a result of his sharing Mm. of the gospel. And he's 
really this illuminates the reason why he received that persecution is because he never shied away from sharing the whole counsel, the whole testimony. He wasn't going after, you know, worldly approval. Mm -hmm. Despite this, you know, we read in his story in Ephesus after ministering there for three years. And then when the riot breaks out, it says he has friends among the city officials. Like Paul Mm -hmm. is a truly Christian person, you know, and by truly Christian, I mean, he is seeking to meet the needs of others. Like he has been loving people, he has been there for people, he has been supporting people. Like people love just playing Jesus in every way. That's right. Just like people loved Jesus, you know, yeah. because of the way that Jesus yeah. healed them, the way that Jesus served them. People loved Paul, mm. but on the flip side, people also rejected the gospel. Yes. And as a result of that, the persecution that it bring against Paul. So we can see here, he's like, I am innocent of the blood of man. Why? Because I have lived up to the calling that God has given me. Yes. I didn't tarry and I didn't shy away from the truth despite the persecution it brought me. I am, I'm innocent of, if, if anyone can bring a charge that I haven't lived up to the call that God has given me, I'm innocent. Now, this doesn't mean that Paul was necessarily perfect. This doesn't mean that Paul necessarily mm. did everything right. But it meant that Paul, again, to, to the call that God had given him, Paul had followed. You know? uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right to in, in every space. And for him, his audience was one, and that was God. Mm. When he knew that, you know, and he lived that, that his audience was God, it was one. But then through that, you know, there was all the rest of this audience as well. But he knew that what mattered the most was God. Amen. Hey, let's keep reading verse 28. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so he's telling the, the elders there, you know, shepherd mm. the church. Yeah. Be, you know, be shepherds of the flock. Look yeah. after them. In other words, you know, if one strays, go after them. Mm. If, if, uh, try and keep them all together. This mm. is the message of unity already starting to come in here that yeah. comes through into Ephesians, really. Mm. Well, these elders would have been occupying essentially the pastoral positions of the church in Ephesus. Yeah. And Paul, whilst he has been an evangelist, we know that he's been in the city for three years. And the the reason that he would have been in the city for three years versus, you know, we see Paul in Philippi. He rocks up. He's there for a very brief period mm. of time and then leaves once he starts the church. Whereas mm. Ephesus, he has, you know, spent, obviously called by God to spend a lot, a of lot more time. time there. And the reason is for pastoral ministry and to give essentially the three years he spent there to disciple them the same way that Jesus did over the three and a half years that he spent with the disciples. Paul was there to disciple them and to build out of these guys, um, ministers essentially. And so we're, we're seeing here, he's like, okay, you know, the way that you have seen me do it, I'm passing the church the torch to you and it comes at a very apt time because paul will now divulge the reason he's he's giving them this is because this is probably the last time they're going to see him that's right but hey yeah continue reading verse 29 for i know this that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock mm. also from among yourselves men will arise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves mm. so therefore watch and remember that for three years i did not cease to warn everyone um, night and day with tears. Wow. I, I love this passage. Is this not the struggle of church from the very beginning of its institution until today, mm. right? It, the wolves coming in, you know, false teachers Constantly. leading people yep. away. Um, but then again, you know, Paul, he's saying, watch and remember and think back to, I, I love this point. Oh, man, I could go on a rant here about <laughs> about 
inter- biblical interpretation and a history of interpretation. And for, for example, um, whether it be Anglicanism or the Catholic Church, you know, they very much rely on a on a pre modern philosophy of biblical interpretation, which is that we have a tradition of interpretation that is led by the elders, starting from or by you know the priests or the theologians of our church, starting from this particular point to this particular point and that history of interpretation is essentially our our lifeline to truth it's like okay you know we've got this interpretation and this interpretation and and each generation that comes along adds to that but what we see in that space often is that um you know the interpretations of the previous theologians are differing from the interpretations of the later theologians in a very drastic way, like in a, in a very, very obvious way. And, and this was something that led to the Protestant Reformation, mm. which was essentially like, yes, Catholicism, you've got this history of interpretation, but it has become perverse to the point where it has moved away from the Bible. And so this is what Paul is getting at here. It's like, hey, go back to the when, – when people come in speaking perverse things, go back to the basis, to the basics. You know, Paul is calling for biblicism here. And he's got one – in verse 32 says, I commend you to God. Yes. Uh, yeah, and to the word of his grace. It's like our word is our only foundation. You know, our my interpretation that I brought to you, it's the one that came from Jesus himself. Stick to this. Don't change. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our final quiz. Our final one is who deprived a man of all his strength and simply by having his hair cut? So it's not the one who got his hair cut. Who deprived him of that? Who deprived a man of all his strength and simply by having his hair cut? Now, this person didn't cut this person's hair, but orchestrated the events in which yes. it, in which it happened. So if you know who did that, Pretty cunning. 0491 <laughs> I think you could consider this one of the peak toxic relationships of the Bible. Like just, yeah. just awful. Have you got long hair, Lawson, to have cut by anyone when you're... I, I, do, I actually not knowing they're I doing it. I haven't gotten a haircut in a couple months, actually. And it's kind of <laughs> it's starting to flow out the back, but it's not, I don't think it's long enough. Not long to enough where, like that. Yeah. Someone just like pulls out the buzz cutters and I'm just like asleep and just, you know, I think I'd wake up because, of, well, also we know that, well, because the, okay, I don't want to divulge no, 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 too don't much. Go. Oh, you'll you'll let it slip. <laughs> okay. I won't, I just want to say the Bible says that this person's head was shaved. Mm-hmm. How can you shave someone's head without them waking up? They must have been really deeply asleep. Hey, or knocked it, out by something. Yeah. Really. <laughs> hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And again, we have our amazing prize for this week, which is none other than the Revive Cafe Cookbook. We'll give that to you absolutely for free. We're picking up our story now. And uh, we've got some text messages coming in with correct answers. Um, we're going to pick up the story. We had gotten to verse 32. And up until this point, I, uh, what we finished off on uh, before that song played, Matt and Josie Minicus, was this idea that Paul is presenting here that, hey, what I am teaching you and what I'm calling you to believe to believe in, don't stray from this. This mm. is the doctrine that has come from Christ Definitely, I think that there is room for development of doctrine, but the wholesale changing of the understanding of what Paul is saying or or bringing in something that's necessarily new, Paul is like, 
like no like the the safest way to go about this is to adhere to this doctrine but also Paul is giving them liberty and license to study it for themselves mm, well he's to- he's really saying hey stay Jesus focused that's right. Stay Jesus focused. Mm-hmm. That is that everything stems from mm-hmm. that. But again, if we think about okay, well, what were the the common heresies of the time? I think one of the big ones was Gnosticism. Like mm. one of one of the most pressing heresies to the church at this time. Some of our listeners may not know what Gnosticism is. Yes. Do you want to so, yeah, definitely. Go. Well, what's so interesting is that Gnosis is still kind of people still kind of practicing this. I was up in Byron Bay like a couple months ago from my sister's wedding and there was promotions you could go and do gnosis classes and then learn about gnosticism i was like that's wild because it's so such an ancient heresy well essentially the way that gnosticism played out in relationship to christianity in its in its basis gnosticism it comes from the greek word to know and it was like we have a secret truth secret information that not everyone knows we're on the inside and the insider information that gnosticism was presenting to christians at this time to lead them astray was that jesus didn't really come in the flesh it was mm. that jesus was more of an apparition and this came from a very Greek background and understanding mm. of the physical and the spiritual. And that is, you know, coming about the gods and stuff like that, wasn't yeah. it? And so for the, for, cent- for the early centuries, there was these debates about whether God was, Jesus was human yeah. only, or whether he was God only, yeah. or whether he was both altogether. And that went for centuries. That's was, right. Well, particularly, well, then you, you come to the Aryan controversy a couple hundred years later. We saw this play out in its, in its history, but at this time in the early, in the early centuries, I think for most people who are accepting Christ, again, because it's a doctrine that is being brought to them by Paul, they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus came in the flesh as a person. These are the words of Paul himself. He's like, yep, Jesus came in flesh and blood. He was God in human flesh, and and he died for our sins. But then, again, you've got, well, for Paul in, in this, in the, actually, in this letter here, one of his contentions is with the Jews. So you've got Judaizing Christians at this time who are coming and say, people need to be circumcised, we need to keep feasts, mm. all of these things. You've got, uh, you know, these... Hence the rejection of the, the Gentiles. They didn't want, yeah, they weren't accepting the Gentiles as people that were believers of God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then you've got this other camp on the other side, the Gnostics who are coming in from the Greek perspective saying, oh, we've got this secret inside information. Jesus wasn't really, you know, uh, wasn't really human. He was an apparition. And, and so from all sides... It's like from its very, its very foundation, Christianity and true Christian doctrine, doctrine was attacked by heresy, or there was heresy being portrayed that would subvert these truths constantly, but, but, which is why there were schisms, you know, divisions, schisms in the churches mm. in so many ways, because some would side one way and others was, would side the other way. Absolutely, as well. that yeah. swayed whole nations. Again, if we oh. think of the Arian controversy, mm. we're talking about you know the five hundreds, and that was over the question of Jesus's godhood, mm. you know, whether he was God or not, mm. you know. Many of them had uh, rather adopted a position that he wasn't um, divine in Mm. nature and rather, and that was Arianism, that he was rather just, just a man. And like, as a result of this, you know, countries went to war, like Mm. the Franks and and, like went to war with a number of nations over as well. I think, I believe it was either the Ostrogoths or the Heruli, either of those, they were deeply Aryan and this led to then their destruction by, you know, Justinian and General Mm. Berthier. Like, like it's absolutely wild the way that biblical interpretation had an effect on these people at the time. Obviously, I think it's not the only factor. It was money and power and, you know, other political motivations, but... Once Christianity had become the state religion of Rome, when we're talking about the 400s and the 500 ADs, um, yeah, th- these 
issues were widespread, but in its very foundation here, when Christianity is in its incubation stages and being shared around Europe and Asia, they're already facing these controversies and problems. Hey, let's keep reading. In and verse- so, in a fr- sorry, in a fragile state as well, Absol- isn't it? Like, so it's such a fragile state Absolutely. because Christianity is just taking off, and so people going like, "Oh, do I believe it? Don't I believe it? Should I follow this speaker or not? You know, should I follow yeah. Paul? How do I know that he's true? Mm-hmm. How do I know that he's a man?" of God, but yeah. how do we know somebody's a man of God? Isn't it so much by their life that they display? Absolutely. It's yeah. it's their their life and it's their teaching, but it's also Paul will give us the secret source here in verse mm. 32. Do you want to read that again for us? Yeah, verse 32 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. I love that. He says, this is what builds you up and gives you an inheritance amongst all those who are sanctified. He, he's ultimately like, these issues will be solved by God's word mm. and by the honest study of the Bible. Like, mm. this is, this is our weapon. This is our tool. This is what God has given us to enable, well, us to, you know, he calls it the word of grace here for us to have an understanding of God that would lead us to repent of our sins and to receive grace from him. But I also love this, the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Mm. He's talking here about a changed life. He's talking Mm -hmm. here about, you know, growing in the character that he has grown into, Mm. but then will ultimately lead to inheriting heaven, inheriting salvation. That's it. And and I love the fact that he he keeps bringing it back to God and his word because when you look at Jesus, hey, on on, on Mount of Tempt, when he was tempted in the wilderness, Mm. what did Jesus do? With Satan. Yeah, he quoted he said, scripture. Yeah. It is written. Mm. It is written. Mm-hmm. It is written. It was all scripture. Mm. And so, you know, if Jesus used that, how much more to we be using that? Absolutely. As well? Hey, let's finish off the chapter. Pick it up in verse 33 for us. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all of, for the words which he spoke, and that they would see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. Mm, absolutely. Mm. So we see here, again, they are incredibly upset. Um, that Paul is going because they know this is probably the last time that mm. they're going to see him. But I love, you know, the last of Paul's words here. He's been very, up until this point, you know, talking about his life and then becoming a little bit more ephemeral, but like just, you know, speaking more on, on, uh, religious matters and how to quell dissension and how to quell, you know, heresy and whatnot. But then just gives them some practical tips. Like the, the outcome of this is that we have labored for people. We have loved people. We have supported people. That is the outcome of this. And, and I, you know, my mind immediately goes to James one twenty seven. you know, religion that God, that the God our father accepts, you know, is pure and faultless before him is to support the orphans and the widows and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. And this is ultimately what Paul is calling them to do. It's like, Hey, you mm. now, this is how we know truth. And once we know this truth, it should lead you to this. Because mm, it shows no discrimination, doesn't it, when we actually Absolutely. do things for the week. Absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
And we are going to add this time, we've been giving you quizzes. We've been giving you questions. Now we have some answers. So let's run through them. Danuta, give us some answers. Yeah. So the first question was, which apostle was known for his skepticism? So the answer for that one was Thomas. Mm, absolutely. Thomas was the one. Mm. Our next one is James used the example of which Old Testament figure to demonstrate how the prayers of a righteous man can have powerful results. Mm. The answer for that one was Elijah. Mm. And in fact, we get that from James chapter 5 and verse 17 where it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Mm. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Of course, in that story, up until this point, like the passage itself is about anointing, you know, praying mm. for the sick and mm-hmm. that the sick would be yeah, the, healed. Yeah, the verse and, is just before that. That's right. Absolutely. And it's, and the, the, essentially the, the evidence, you could say, or the foundation that, you know, this could, happen for believers is hey well look look toward elijah like he's he's just a man like you or i he's just a guy yet mm. look at what he was able to achieve mm. through prayer so of course again, he was taken to heaven so yeah, yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> um and in verse 16 before that i'm touching on what you just said it says mm. the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much and that's why then it brings in elijah straight after that to mm. show us that example and even before that oh man because because we live in a context dude this, this passage is very very dense it's full of such amazing Amazing information. We live in a context in which there is um, a whole industry that's been made out of faith healing, both from a Christian perspective and from a non-Christian perspective, like from a spiritualist perspective as well. And within the Christian circles, much work has been done to actually disprove a lot of the faith healing that goes on. You know, whether it's a, a Benny Hinn or a you know Todd White or someone like that. Uh, you know, a lot of it is kind of charlatanism, and and it's kind of made up, and it's actually a scam, which is really, really awful. But it shows us here, it's like, what is the basis in which these prayers can be answered and true healing can be found? Because I believe in spiritual healing. Mm. I've seen it before. I, I've seen it play out. I've heard testimonies of true spiritual healing. And by spiritual healing, I mean like praying and people being physically healed. It, it And it obviously happened in the time of Christ and, and throughout history. It's like, well, how does that happen? What's the foundation of that taking mm. place? It's confession. Mm-hmm. It's repentance. Mm-hmm. It's God is wanting to have us to have a repentant, confessive relationship with Him, mm-hmm. and so that He can enable those miracles to yeah, take place. Big as time. Well. And I think with spiritual healing too, it's not just um, you know in, in manifested in a physical sense. Mm-hmm. It can often be sometimes. And I know in my mm-hmm. life, I experienced spiritual healing where I got closer to wow. God first before I got physical healing. Wow, amazing! Mm-hmm. Hey, let's continue to give some answers. Our, our next one in the parable of the sower. What did the thorns represent? Was it a Lack of commitment to God, B, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, C, tribulation and persecution, D, lack of understanding of God's word. The answer was B, Mm, the cares cares of of this this world world. and the deceitfulness of riches. Absolutely. Our next question was, in which book of the Bible do we read, come now and let us reason together? Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And the answer for that is Isaiah. Mm. And that's also found in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, that, that particular verse. And I love the fact that, you know, it is like our sins are just so filthy, mm. like absolutely filthy. And yet, you know, um, through Christ, you know, where they made as white as snow. I don't, I don't, I love snow when it's just freshly fallen, yeah, pure absolutely. white. It even reflects. It's just 
incredible. So, and it's of like course, that. like we see for Isaiah, he has his own experience doing this. Obviously, God is communicating this to Isaiah, but then gives him an experience of this once. You know, I come around to chapter six, and Isaiah is cleansed and made pure. Up until that point, Isaiah's actually been preaching to the nation a message of like, "You're all condemned. You're all lost. Like, you guys are all just off the track, and you're all unfaithful." And then he has this experience of going to heaven and saying, wow, what was me? And he has mm. his own thing of realizing, like, I'm a sinner too. And Jesus has has provided salvation for all of us. It's, it's really powerful. Really powerful, isn't it? Our last one is, who deprived a man of all his strength and simply by having his hair cut? The answer for that one is not Samson. That Samson was the one that had it done, but it's Delilah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Delilah, again, key toxic relationship here. And, uh, you know, it, it ended in, in tragedy, but it was a tragedy that God still made a victory out of with, you know, obviously Samson's death. Um, but bringing, you know, so, at least some peace towards the nation of Israel. We've come to the end of the show today. Do you know what are you going to get up to today? Oh, what am I going to get up to? Yeah. More work. Oh, powerful, <laughs> powerful stuff. I'm, uh, you know, I'm so blessed. Like it's break. I'm, oh, lucky! I, I don't you. have uni. Just do radio, but I'm, I'm heading down to uni anyway. I've got one of my friends is, is staying down there over the break, and we're going to hang out and do Bible study together. And and um, yeah, just sounds just jolly exciting. Our, You're going to have a lot of this life. downtime that Jennifer was talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I get to chill, bro. It's no. so, so good. <laughs> hey, we've come to the end of the show, and as always. We give something away absolutely for free, just as it's the last couple of days of June. June has been, uh, we've done a few promotions throughout June, but it has been the month of the Sabbath gift. And so we have been, you know, on Faith FM sharing a bunch of different testimonies about the Sabbath, how people have been blessed by the Sabbath, and also information about the Sabbath as well. And so we want to give you the opportunity to be able to learn more about it. Maybe it's something that you're unfamiliar with and you want to know more. 0491-064-669 is the number to text in our code word, which is the word Sabbath. If you just text the word Sabbath, nothing else, Sabbath, and then it'll, you know the the automatic prompt will kick in and it'll ask you for your information. But you'll be able to get a resource, a book called The Sabbath Gift, which is all about the Sabbath, how it's a blessing to us, the Sabbath throughout history, and why it is that we keep it. 0491-064-669 is that number, and we'll give that to you absolutely for free. Well, Danita, thank you so much for coming in this morning, and oh, you'll thank you. you'll be in here tomorrow as I well. I will be tomorrow. Getting it done. Hey, well, guys, have a fantastic day. Spend some time with Christ. Open the Word of God, and remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.